to talk about what just happened. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. with a little fake to gain the zone, but his backhand pass for Matthews was intercepted. And then Riley mishandles a puck and is brought in over the line by Besser with a shot. Rebound scores! Miller! After the Leafs turned the puck over at the Vancouver blue line, it is 3-2 Vancouver. A rather odorous third period for the Maple Leafs. Toronto has lost two in a row in regulation for the first time this season. Canucks four, Maple Leafs two. It's time to break it all down on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic on Twitter. Sam McKee and Tom Young along for the ride as well. Later on, Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca will hop on. We'll go around the NHL uh, to the Zoom calls as well here from Sheldon Keefe. But uh, undoubtedly, not the way the Maple Leafs scored, wanted it to go down in the third period. I got some PTSD from uh, Leafs team's past blowing leads, but uh, uh, where do you want to start? The uh, rotostelic turning point there, the Nylander ill-advised penalty? <laughs> well, yeah, and and by the way, I mean, the Canucks, what were they, 0-13-2 when they were losing in the third period? Like, they've never, yeah. they've never come back from, you know, that's the kind of season they've been having of late, and... Uh, Man, they reversed roles. So, yeah, we can start with that. But first, you know, just take a look at Bo Horvat, Brock Besser. You kind of forget, outside of the Leafs, that there's been this great young talent in Vancouver. I mean, they, they got mm-hmm. a whack of guys. Elias Patterson didn't play tonight, but they got, a, they got a whack of young talent in a short period of time that really last year was doing the job in the regular season and certainly in the bubble. But you mentioned that is the uh, God bless my mom, Rhoda Stellick turning point. <laughs> that uh, Canucks are two for two on the power play. Two guys that don't normally get penalties, Austin Matthews and William Nylander, are the ones that take them. And, you know, oh, man, I, I hate, but, like, like, he didn't shoot it in the, in the, uh, <laughs> over the glass on purpose, but you're still going, come on, like, come on. Like, Gord, was it not, like, a very typical, like, a Nylander penalty? If Nylander were to take a penalty, yeah, it'd that, be something that, like that. Thing. We're trying to, we're trying to, you know, trying to get away from that about <laughs> this constant every, every six or seven games, like, William Nylander's got to splain himself or something. But, you know, first yeah. of all, you got to get the puck off over the blue line. That's one thing you do. I, I know there's not a two-line offside pass anymore, so there's not the urgency that way. And if he'd taken one more stride, then it would have been irrelevant flipping the puck over the glass because you would have been in the neutral zone. So this was uh, just a, like it was just perfect for Vancouver. Their power play scored, and that and that was the turning point. They flat out took over the game. Number two, um, and I put this out on Twitter. Imagine it was Willie Nylander who served up the pie on the tee of the Vancouver Canucks to score that goal three on one eight. What a snipe um, by Nils Hoaglander. Uh, but it was Mitch Marner who, again, I, I thought that top line was uh, – Really, really quiet in this game, and because you know Marner has had that type of season, we will give them the benefit of the doubt. But that that was an ugly, ugly play, and and again, that that was the story. One of the stories to me on this night uh, when Toronto made m- mistakes, scored Vancouver capitalized on them. Well, they did, and we've talked so much about the and extolled the virtues as we should about the depth of the Toronto Maple Police, but. The depth means you're supporting the big guns. The big guns have been anything but the big guns of late, and then much like you say on third or fourth line guys, okay. If you don't score, at least don't be a liability. And 
you mentioned it. Marner had that case. He had another one, you know, kind yep. of a turnover in the offensive zone. He, he tried to beat four different players. Well, he's the one guy on the team that can do that from time to time. So you cut him mm-hmm. slack. Morgan Riley had um, a hard game and some hard luck as well. I mean, you can't fault one that he happens to deflect off him and goes right to the Vancouver player for a clean shot. But yeah, they were just the guys that the normal eerie calm that they bring. Uh, they didn't have it in the third period. And then on top of that, uh, you're not getting goals. John Tavares getting out of, uh, not a slump, but he got a nice goal that way. But Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, yeah, quiet, quiet, quiet right now. Yeah, just one of those. Uh, you know, we've talked about this, Scored, And again, barring something crazy, I think the Maple Leafs will find a way to win this. Like, they would have to go on a massive seven, eight, nine losing streak. And it could happen, especially in a year like this one. I just don't see it. They're going to have to find ways to stay entertained. And I I think Vancouver, I'm taking nothing away from the Canucks. They deserve all the credit in the world. You win back-to-back games against one of the best teams in hockey without your best player. Um, And Elias Patterson, as you referenced, didn't play Thursday, didn't play tonight. That's gutsy, man. I I thought their top six really stepped up. I thought their first line was outstanding. And again, they capitalize on Toronto mistakes. But let's face it, uh, the the Maple Leafs right now don't have much to play for with like 30-some-odd games left in this season, right? Yeah, and, and they did outshoot Vancouver 39-31. And I'd say in both games, uh, Nick, if you had to say who had uh, who had the edge in the margin of a play, I'd give the Maple Leafs over 50% in both mm-hmm. games. So it's not like they came and lay one of those stinkers that, you know, exactly. if you were at the game at the start of the third period, you're already thinking of hitting the exits or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, no, they, they like – they almost can't help competing in every game. And there was one stat brought up in Hockey Day in Canada. I hadn't realized that Freddie Anderson's only had 35 or more shots once this season. He used wow. to get 35 after two periods. It was kind of, <laughs> you know, it was kind of understood the Leafs were going to get outshot 40 to 25 or something like that. And, you know, they would need Freddie to, to win a lot of games. So that just shows the kind of, you know, overall improvements there's been in the, in the whole team concept with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So again, if you're just tuning in, the Maple Leafs fall again in regulation just uh, gives you some perspective on how outstanding they've been this season. Just the first time they've lost back-to-back games in regulation. A 4-2 loss here to the Vancouver Canucks wraps up a five-game road trip. Still above 500 on said road trip, 3-2-0. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 in the fan. Uh, tons of positives. Uh, again, I think you're right. Uh, even when they're losing, they're competitive. I thought they were right in this game. Uh, the fact that in this five-game road trip, they got nine goals from the bottom six is a huge development for me, Gord. Yeah, really was. Really was. And Jimmy Vesey, the guy who needed them the most, uh, is the guy that comes up with one this game. But it's been uh, all those guys uh, coming. At, you know, as a matter of fact, our guy Steve Fellin, he, he always makes sure that he's not jinxing anything, but he just mentioned Jason Spezza. Uh, when Jason Spezza gets a point, the Leafs have been 9-0-1. Well, he got one tonight, so that, that ends after 10 undefeated games. But uh, Spezza still wants the points, and he's been getting them. So, yeah, this 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 particular road trip, I, I, I consider it a huge success. I mean, the mm-hmm. three Edmonton games were off the charts. That that just was kind of like, um, is this, as I mentioned, uh, so many friends that were diehard Leaf fans were texting going, this is surreal. This is unbelievable. So uh, to keep, to carry on at that level uh, is is really not fair to expect that. And these two games, like I thought, I thought Leafs played good road games in both cases. So Gordo, you've been in this market for a long, long time. I'm, I'm approaching 10 years. Um, so we'll jump ahead of the story. Three games, no goal from Austin Matthews. Uh, you know, since his return, he's now a minus four. You think it's just sort of one of those things, it's the ebbs and flows of this season, or is there something you've seen that leads you to believe that the, the wrist is nowhere close to being 100%? 
Well, you know, we don't get to look at the minutiae, but I would agree. I would think the latter, Nick. I don't I don't think yeah. it is 100 percent. And I think, you know, if you break it down, there's, you know, maybe some instances where it, it made a factor in getting the kind of shot that is unparalleled in the National Hockey League that he gives that he gets. And, you know, that involves not just his uh, not just his uh, hand eye coordination, everything else, but it involves a lot of fi- a lot of torque, a lot of power, a lot of quickness that way. So. I got to think that's that's affecting it. Uh, I got to agree that hey, if the doctors, uh, particularly now in 2021, uh, and particularly in a situation where you're really in first place and almost home and cleared out that way, or home and cleared out for the playoffs anyway, that there's no need, there's no urgency to rush anybody back at all. So they'll get a bit of a break after this one, a few days off, and you know maybe that's what will happen. But uh, uh, the other parts, his compete factor is there. Always is there. He's still fun to watch. They they still had some of those. Uh, I know Kevin BX on Hockey Night in Canada. He put together uh, to the sweet Georgia Brown music from the Harlem Globetrotters, <laughs> like uh, a, a Toronto Maple Leaf, one of those against the Edmonton Oilers, how they controlled it forever. And they still had those moments. Austin Matthews still had those moments tonight. And I'm uh, I'm just glad to see him back. And he'll get a he'll get a few more days, which hopefully, well, should uh, help improve things in what four days time when they play next. Yeah, you're not going to have it every night. I think you still look at the record two eighteen six and two. There's not much uh, negativity you can draw from you know such a record. But um, you know, I, I think certainly you look at that top line for the Maple Leafs. Uh, they haven't been as good the last couple games. I think Joe Thornton was lacking a step or two tonight. Again, they moved Hyman back, but again, it's you know the ebbs and flows of a season, right? You're, you're not going to have it every night for as hot as uh, Austin Matthews was. I think a prime example. Gord, look at previously this week with. Uh, with uh, Connor McDavid and his struggles to get going yeah. offensively, right? There, there's going to be moments like this in the season, right? Well, and Leon Dreisaitl had a real smart-ass remark about that. Just <laughs> I said, love that. You know, like, uh, yeah, well, just, you know, three games like that and the best players, uh, uh, you know, something about uh, obviously you can't like the way it went. And he kind of goes, oh, we love the way it went, losing three in a row. And he's not, he's not a smart-ass normally. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's a real good uh, uh, perspective there, Nick, to talk about that. And, and also tonight... Like, I think it's going to come down to Leafs and the Winnipeg Jets. I've always been big on Winnipeg. Agreed. They lost 7-1 to Montreal. Exactly. I know we're going to look at the out-of-town scores later on, but they lost 7-1 tonight to Montreal. So that just, you know, and particularly... Be ready. I, 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 yeah, and, and, I, and I wonder, I think because, again, these are all four-point games, because it's all divisional rivals, you know, whether you're tired and say, geez, I wish they'd play the Tampa Bay Lightning or play the Boston Bruins, what have you. I think you're really, you know, reading a lot into these games. A win is a bigger win and a loss is a more significant loss yeah and it definitely you're right it feels that way but uh, you know I was thinking the exact same thing about Winnipeg in this uh, mini series they'll get started with the Winnipeg Jets uh, this coming week that you know Winnipeg comes into Scotiabank Arena um, it's like the perfect storm gourd I don't want to say it but Toronto coming back from a five-game western road trip and you got a really annoyed pissed off team in the Winnipeg Jets and I'm sure that's going to be hammered inside that dressing room leading up to a uh, Tuesday night's game yeah, I would. I, it's uh, yeah. The Leafs are going to further to travel to Winnipeg because Winnipeg's just going to yeah. come from from Montreal. But I got to tell you, okay. So two simple things. I never would kid about things like um, should we fire Sheldon Keefe? Obviously, no. Uh, just to I mean with Montreal having the seven one win, you talk about the absurd. But I'm telling you, and I know there's no sense of humor tonight for Leaf fans or the organization. <laughs> But ever since it morphed from the hem line and somehow became the zip line, I'm telling yes. you, it has not been the same. The hem was a funnier <laughs> name. It was a more likable term. And then to turn the hem line to the zip line, even though that line's played pretty well with that whatever moniker they've had, um, I think that should be looked at a little deeper. You're on to something here, Gordo. And I wanted to ask you, I was thinking all night, is Miko Lettinen still in the Maple Leafs? 
Okay, you know you know that that shot from the point the Vancouver scored on, right? You know the, yeah. the I said that was a Miko Lettinen shot. That's yeah. what he's done really well, like the the accurate wrist shot, finding space, and so I, I'm with you. I was thinking that, and I'm saying okay, maybe because they had those three games against Edmonton, but I would have thought the five game road trip, you know, you would have mixed in all players a bit more, but maybe because that three games was so off the charts, but you're, mm-hmm. you're, it's funny. I was just thinking that, you know, why, why wouldn't he play a game there? And, and uh, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Doesn't mean everyone's going to pay a ridiculous amount of money to get him, but he, you know, he kind of took a leap of faith signing with the Maple Leafs. It's, 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 it's a one year tryout of sorts. Oh, there were other teams that were interested in him. And at the end of the season, you know, it, it's not, it's not like Frankie Corrado or, or Justin Hall that, you know, they're up in the press box all year and they're not unrestricted free agents at the end i mean this this guy can go so i i, I am totally with you it's it's been hard to find stuff to criticize so I, i'm glad right. you brought that up because i'm glad you brought that up nick because uh, i i'm stunned he didn't play in one of these recent games and it's more so because we approach the one month mark until the nhl trade deadline and there's been speculation that if the leafs do something and they're likely to do something it'll be in the next couple of weeks especially with the schedule lightening up over the next little while and you start to wonder about miko letnin because you would know this scored in a perfect world you want depth on the back end come the stanley cup playoffs which leads me to believe that they're going to acquire at least one defenseman and then up front you start to look i think the buffalo sabers are open for business and i think toronto's probably looking at nashville right now too right yeah, and so let's, first of all, Rasmus Sandin is injured, so I understand that. But Rasmus yeah. Sandin and Timothy Lilligren, like, these are first-round picks. Like, these were first-round picks invested on defensemen. So uh, I I got to trust they're somewhere in the landscape. And by the way, I thought Travis Dermott had a real good game tonight. I thought yeah, Travis agreed. Dermott had a real good game. But I figured it out this morning. I was talking to Rob Wong and our guy Sam McKee. They were on the mm-hmm. airwaves that, okay, trade deadline to me is one of two things for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm actually, I'm fine with door number three if they don't do anything. Like I, I, I brought up yeah. that the year, you know, they'd not been in the playoffs for a long time. And then when Lou Lamorello acquired Brian Boyle and it meant, wow, okay, this is for real. Like, you know, uh, the, the Leafs looked like they were going to be in the playoffs, but they were no, no way guaranteed it. But wow, they made a deal and they made the playoffs and they lost in six to Washington and everything was great. So here we are now that I, I'm very content about the status quo not having to make a deal. But if you're going to get a forward, it's got to be a top six forward. It's got to, it's got to have the wow factor. Like I, Taylor Hall has a no-trade contract. I'm not saying he's the guy they would get. He certainly has no playoff pedigree about <laughs> being, a, about being a, a Conn Smythe Trophy candidate that way, but who knows. But anyway, I just mean that's the kind of guy. Defense, if you need depth as a body, I'm fine with that. Because quite often the trade deadline comes and then two for teams and two defensemen get hurt in the next week. And then you're really in trouble. And when Jake Muzzin got hurt last year, it, it, it was like Nicholas Lidstrom had got hurt or something, right? You know, it, it, it <laughs> yeah. was that kind of hole in the Leaf D. So th- those to me are the two ways of looking at it. It's got to be a little bit of a wow factor if it's a forward or if you want to get a depth. Hey, Zach Bogosian last year for Tampa Bay, okay? Exactly. That, that was a nice pickup from Buffalo. So, I mean, I'm cool with something like that along that front. I'm trying to hypothesize, uh, you know, especially with Buffalo and everything that's transpired. I think the writing's on the wall. They are open for business, as Elliot Friedman intimated on headlines on Hockey Night in Canada. You know who's intriguing? I know Anthony Stewart put this out on Twitter. Like, a guy like Eric Stahl. And, you know, you've looked at rosters really, really closely before, clearly, in your time as a GM in this league and an assistant GM. Is there such thing as having too many veterans on a roster? Like, could, could you see an Eric Stahl being a fit who's 36 years of age when you have guys like Simmons, you have guys like Joe Thornton already? 
Uh, I'm with you. I, I, I wouldn't go after Eric Stahl. I think there, there's too many, and they're doing a real good job at it, right? They're doing yeah. a real good job. And as a matter of fact, Wayne Simmons showed going first to Nashville one year and then Buffalo another year, the trade deadline. Like, it, you know, it, it didn't happen there. And, and our buddy Bruce Boudreaux, we'll get him on from time to time because he loves yeah. to follow the Leafs. And he, so he always talks about that uh, year. Let me get it right. Was it 2010 that – that George McPhee, and he gets like gets along great with George McPhee. But George McPhee added, remember he added Joe Corvo when he added about eight yeah. guys. And Bruce yeah. just said it just you know like he like he wanted to leave no stone unturned. And the unfortunate thing was all of a sudden a third line guy was a fourth line guy, and a fourth line guy was in the press box, and a fifth defenseman was a sixth defenseman, and a sixth defenseman was in the press box, and they had a disappointing playoff. Uh, it's too bad he hadn't got. Actually, it's too bad George couldn't get a great, great goaltender that playoff. But, uh, but True. yeah, and and Bruce will articulate that 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 actually turned into a negative uh, about too much, too much quantity. And and I I think right now you got character veteran guys. To me, Eric Stahl isn't the guy I'd be talking about. It really is a good point, Gord. And before we hit the break, we'll talk a bit more about this. Like when you talk about the trade deadline, I think it's blown up, and I think we do our best to do that here at Sportsnet, but. I think oftentimes it's not usually guys, you know, who get picked up at the deadline who do anything of, of consequence in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, you know, you, you, there's usually one or two big names available and one or two names do get swapped. But I, I, I think I'm with you. Like, I, I think the Maple Leafs, you better be right with who they bring in if they bring in anybody that it's the right player to, to fit in this mix, right? Yeah, and I think you, you look at Tampa Bay as an example of that, and of yeah. course they had that incredibly disappointing regular season before. Like I don't view Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman as trade deadline deals. They were just good hockey trades, and and they weren't rent to players, right? They weren't rent to players, and uh, and and so uh, I just thought they were good hockey trades that they needed to do some of that, and and they happened to do it. So it wasn't like on the trade deadline, you know, they they added a hired gun for the end of it. So. Uh, yeah, you go, you go on and on and, you know, quite often there's a little bit of spice that, that trade deadline pickup, but man, the guys that have been in the trenches since training camp or for a few years and, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I mean, those are the guys that you're, you're talking about when that Stanley Cup is hoisted by whomever. April 12th. Don't forget to tune in. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. We'll hit the break. Uh, still to come. Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. Hope to hear from Sheldon Keefe and we'll go inside the locker room after this. You're listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet. 590 The Fan. Don't worry. We'll turn the lights off when we leave. But we're not done yet. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Here's Spezza in over the line. Boyd going to the front of the net. Foreman comes into the slot. Brody, a pass in front. They score! Jimmy VC is set up perfectly by T.J. Brody, and I was going to give him all kinds of heck for not shooting on the backhand. Hell of a backdoor pass from Brody there. The good news in this game, the third goal in the past five for Jimmy VC. The bad news, however, the Maple Leafs lose. 4-2 to the Canucks, the final. The Maple Leafs head home to take on the Winnipeg Jets starting on Tuesday. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5. Nine of the fan, Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you, and certainly... You know, a prevailing story on Twitter right now is the uh, the Mitch Marner giveaway, Gordon, the third period that led to the uh, 4-2 goal. 
Well, yeah. Well, what can what can you do? It happens. It was mm. that just uh, that kind of. That's how they lost the game. It was a uh, um, bad penalty by William Nylander that set up the power play that tied it up. And there's just for any any negative Mitch Marner's done. There's about a hundred positives. Uh, he's he was minus two for the night. It's not usual for him. He had five shots on net. Uh, played the most of any forward uh, over about twenty one and a half minutes. But yeah, they just got and and their big guns just got sloppy. Uh, on top of not being able to carry on, you know, get any offensive success. That's just the way it went. Yeah, well, that's exactly it because the Maple Leafs were up 2-1 in this game. William Nylander took a a bad penalty, a tough penalty, flipping the puck over the glass when the team was going the other way, trying to go offensive with it. And it was just maybe the curve on his stick leads to the power play goal and then the quick uh, goal there from JT Miller. And it was game over, uh, 4-2 the final here for the Vancouver Canucks. As we turn things over to some post-game audio, here is Mitch Marner. Um, just wondered, uh, do you think, do you think your line is a little out of sync or a lot out of sync? Um, I mean, obviously these two games weren't what we wanted, um, time to refresh, got a couple of practice days. Um, just make sure, uh, you know, we get talking, trying to find, uh, back kind of our chemistry, but, um, I just think, uh, for our line, we just got to control the puck more in the ozone, try and keep the puck in our hands. Um, you know, I think, uh, try and make the right play when it's there. And right now, maybe we're just forcing a little bit too much. Thank you. Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Mitch, you guys have been pretty good at playing with the lead down the stretching games this season. What was your perspective on, on what happened in the third period tonight and what allowed the Canucks to, to get a grip on this game? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, uh, we almost cut off that whole kill and they got that tip one in. Um, and then obviously the next one, just trying to make a play in. Doesn't go what we want. Uh, quick up, bobbling puck, bounces kind of everywhere it goes in. Then, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we've done a great job holding leads. Um, I think, uh, obviously, sometimes it slips away. Happened tonight. Um, you know, uh, turnovers were the reason for it. So just make sure we clean that part up. Obviously, starting for myself. Last one here, we'll go to Kevin McGrand, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin. It obviously is the end of a long road trip and you get to come home now. How will that feel to come home, uh, maybe have a day off or, and then prepare for uh, for a big series against Winnipeg? Um, yeah, it'll be nice. Uh, sleep in your own bed, um, you know, kind of be able to do your own thing. So it'll be nice getting home. Um, I know it hasn't been that long, but it feels like a long time since we've gone home. So um, just make sure uh, we're doing the right things, trying to get ourselves ready for uh, Winnipeg. Um, and uh, take it from there. And uh, also I'd like to give my condolences to the, Gretzky family, um, you know, what Walter did when he was in rinks, uh, the smiles he gave, um, they're endless. So I want to send out my uh, condolences to the Gretzky family. Cheers to that, Mitch, as uh, Marner broke down this 4-2 loss here to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I love the leadoff question there, Gordo. Yeah, Lance Warby. <laughs> Are you, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, like you said, you've had, they haven't even been horrible days at the office. You're not like Edmonton yeah. had three horrible days at the office. You've had two days you lost. And, uh, yeah. but, but you yeah, know, this you know, market though, right? <laughs> oh, but, all, but also that, you know, that last game against Edmonton was the, uh, was the grunts that were doing it too. So it's really kind of been three games. They've been off their oats offensively has that line. So he answered it. Uh, yeah. The way you want to answer it. Cause I mean, that is factual. Don't make it anything bigger than need be. And at the end, very nice. They've done that. Uh, whether it's Sheldon Keith, Austin Matthews, all the players about, uh, uh, the ultimate Canadian hockey dad, uh, Walter Gretzky. So you can never, uh, you, you never can get uh, bored of those tributes. 
No doubt about that. And and certainly off your remarks, that is the thing with this market. I would say one more loss on Tuesday and there'll be a panic uh, set in this market. We all know that by now. Um, one man that is not really panicking, panicking right now. He let four goals in this game, but I thought he's pretty good. Uh, was Frederick Anderson, uh, who we hear from right now. Freddie, uh, what did you see that uh, Vancouver was doing uh, out there that was, I guess, successful for them? I thought they're working really hard to, yeah, to, to pressure us and kind of eliminate our, uh, yeah, our, our time through the mid, uh, the neutral zone. I think they, uh, yeah, they came hard at us and, and uh, obviously, yeah, worked hard all night. And uh, how about you? How are you feeling? Uh, you know, you're able to head home now, sleep in your own bed, and uh, get ready for Winnipeg. I guess. How does at the end of a road trip and the beginning of a homestand feel for you? Um, I mean, obviously, the end of the road trip, we'd like to to finish on a good note. Um, but yeah, we we can go uh, we can go home and, and work on some things and, and, and get ready for Winnipeg. So that's uh, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. Uh, look forward and, and yeah, work on improvements of things and just uh, yeah, keep uh, yeah, keep trying to set a high stand high standard for ourselves. We'll go to Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Go ahead, Luke. Hi, Freddie. How are you feeling health-wise, and how has this trip been for you, being ready for some games, not being ready for others? Um, yeah, the first few games, obviously, uh, wasn't I wasn't quite ready to go, but uh, yeah, I felt fine uh, after that. Uh, just I felt better today and than I did last game, and just uh, ho- hopefully that's something I can keep uh, keep improving on and keep uh, yeah progressing. Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters. TSN, go ahead, Mark. Freddie, it's been a great run for the team so far. Uh, moments like this have been few and far between. What can the group take from these two games in Vancouver, and what sort of response are you looking for next week against the Jets? Yeah, I think we're going to see teams uh, come with their best and, and really try to out- outwork us. So that's something we got to be prepared for. I think not that we've lacked any any work ethic, but I think we we definitely – been uh, yeah, been been pressured a little bit last two games, and I think they they did a good job of, of working hard and try to yeah create something uh, against us. So um, we, something we got to expect from here on out. So um, yeah, not get surprised by it. Just uh, just take it as a challenge and, and continue. Okay, there you have it, Freddie Anderson. With that in mind, we now bring in Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca to help further break down this four-two loss to Vancouver and back-to-back games without Elias Pettersson. Uh, in the lineup, it's Nick Alberga and Gord Selleck with you on Leafs Nation post game. Uh, Luke, thanks so much for doing this. What was your takeaway from tonight's loss? Well, it seemed to be a game of momentum swings. I thought, uh, you know, that the Maple Leafs were on them in the first, uh, dominated the play. I thought Vancouver pretty much owned the second, and I thought the Leafs owned the third until the, the infamous puck over glass penalty. <laughs> uh, Toronto had the first nine shots on goal on the third they had a lead vancouver has never come back um when trailing in the third and the leafs haven't been squandering leads uh but that that penalty proved to be the difference Toronto didn't get a penalty penalty kill uh against vancouver this whole little two-game set um so i think it came down to special teams they they need they need a save they need william nylander to to not to be a bit more careful and not take that penalty um and, you know, John Tavares kind of summed it up. He said, you know, it's still a good road trip, but we had an opportunity to make it a great one, and we'll just have to settle for good. Yeah, I was saying to uh, Nick, you know, like Edmonton just had three horrible days at the office when Toronto went there. 
like these have been two half decent road games. These have been, you can argue they had uh, um, the edge in play for maybe more than 50% in both games. I mean, it's just uh, uh, they're good on Vancouver finding a way to win. They've never come back in the third period. And you mentioned PK maybe something to look at, but that's a big thing. You, you, you do not have these, these incredible stinkers that every now and then the Maple Leafs used to have when by the start of the third period, if there were fans at home, they were looking, to, looking for the exits. No, not at all. I mean, the Leafs, yeah, you know, the Leafs, I think, had the run of play for most of this game. They had shot them 39-31. Uh, they ran into a really hot goalie. You know, sometimes you're going yeah. to tip your cap a little bit. Like, Thatcher Demko has been kind of in a battle uh, to seize control of that net. Um, Travis Green's been flip-flopping between him and, and Holpe, hoping for one of them to get on a run. And the young guy that they bet on when they let Jacob Markstrom walk to, uh, to a division rival, has stepped up here. Um, so on on that side of the coin, it, it's a pretty good news story, the fact that Demko seems to have his confidence. And Vancouver, you know, I don't I don't think they are as bad a team as they, as they show through their, their first 20 games or so. Um, so, you know, they I think the power play helped get them going in these two games and, and showed a little bit of life, and it was – if you're a Canucks fan, it's kind of nice to see Besser and Miller look like the players they should be. Yeah, no doubt about that. And again, I thought it was pretty gutsy and impressive. Vancouver winning back-to-back games without Elias Pettersson with Luke Fox, mm-hmm. Sportsnet.ca, a 4-2 loss here to the Canucks. Uh, I think a positive development, no doubt, in the last uh, in this five-game road trip is the emergence of the depth scores, right? The bottom six, I believe, accounting for nine goals in these five games. Among them, Jimmy VC, three in the last five. Uh, that's good news, right? I, I think certainly as we move forward in this season, they know what they're going to get from their top six. I, I still think they're continuing to look what they have in their bottom, right? Yeah, and that's been a big problem for the Maple Leafs in, in recent years. They've been relying so much on the top six that if if they're not on, they're, they're virtually getting nothing. So uh, the, the variety of scoring this on this road trip, I think, was an excellent step in the right direction, you know. Jason Spezza just continues to impress impress me. Mm-hmm. Like he has 16 points on the season, and plays like 10 minutes a night, you know, and uh, just helps drive that line. And now VC would be maybe the one forward that you could you could pick on and say like, is this guy playing his way down the lineup? Is he playing his way towards a healthy scratch? And all of a sudden he gets three goals on the trip, um, and a lot of them are put on a platter for him. Uh, so it's nice to have playmakers farther down the lineup. Uh, but for me, the biggest story in terms of the forwards on this trip is the development of that third line, uh, the zip line. Zach Hyman is, is proving that he doesn't only complement star players, he can drive his own line now. Uh, he's been an absolute beast. And, you know, there, there was times where maybe the Leafs weren't on their game uh, in, the, in these last two games, but I don't think you could say that about Hyman. Okay, you got a lot of clout, Luke. I'm just telling you, when the hemline became the zip line, the Leafs have lost two in a row. I'm just saying, okay? I'm just saying they played better as the hemline is my observation. Uh, but another thing, and I, I doubt, I don't know if you know this or not, because nobody's with the team. Like, you know, you're, they're talking on Hockey Night in Canada tonight. Now, 17 American venues have opened up to a certain number of fans, which is exciting. Uh, um, I could do without the Zoom calls. I think we all can do without Zoom calls, <laughs> that reality right now in society. But I, I was curious tonight, I, like this was always, this would be a fun night out in Vancouver and you'd fly back the next day because a lot of people, you know, teams don't like flying overnight just in general. I mean, they're not going to practice regardless if they wherever 
whatever they are tomorrow. But I wonder, are they doing any idea if they're doing the red eye coming back tonight just because they're really, it's kind of a blah thing. You just go back to basically solitary confinement in the hotel. So you, you might as well get back in an ungodly hour. Uh, I'm I'm not 100% sure. They said tomorrow's a travel day, but I don't know if that means they're traveling tonight and and uh, they just get tomorrow off. I, I, I know that, you know, the Maple Leafs take every little decision, even, you know, flight departure times very seriously in terms of, you know, crunching the map on sports science and trying to maximize sleep and those types of things. So I wonder if, if they would actually stay over there. Um, just to kind of get the, their bodies on a, a more regular rhythm. Uh, the next game is until Tuesday, and I, and I think they're going to run into a pretty mm-hmm. tough test because the Winnipeg Jets got absolutely embarrassed. The, the Montreal Canadiens scored a touchdown on them tonight. So uh, they're going to be home, but they're going to be um, greeted by a Jets team that should be pretty sour. Yeah, that's a very good point, and we look forward to breaking that down on Tuesday night. Uh, Luke, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks so much. All right. Enjoy the Battle of Alberta, guys. Will do. Thank you very That's much. Right, There's yeah. Luke Fox of uh, SportsCent.ca. Like, McDavid's got to score tonight, right, Gord? <laughs> well, what? It's like saying Austin Matthews has to score Tuesday. Yes. I his, don't know. I put histori- McDavid on a different planet than anybody else. Well, historically, like yes, you expect him to score. I, I don't I don't know. what What is – do we have any ideas? Longest drought without a game in regular season? Of course, Stevie Fellin would know that in like uh, eight seconds. But uh, – yeah. Um, I will so I, I will agree with you and say I'm not saying he has to score, but I will say I expect him to score. Whether just like midway through the first period, uh, nothing, nothing. I expect him to score. And uh, so far, it's been Calgary uh, all over the Edmonton Oilers early, early on. We'll get to the out of town scoreboard uh, later on, and don't forget Ryan Huska is coaching tonight as Daryl Sutter uh, is quarantining right now. We be, we'll be with the team, I believe, on Monday. The big uh, coaching shocker uh, out of Calgary earlier. Uh, in the week we'll hit the break uh, other side we'll hear from Sheldon Keefe and we'll go around the NHL as we set you up for this uh, crucial three-game set upcoming with the Winnipeg Jets that's Sports Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga this is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet after a meal like that you deserve a little dessert this is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 the fan and the Leafs radio network Welcome back, Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan, a uh, 4-2 loss here to the Vancouver Canucks, wrapping up a 3-2-0 five-game road trip. The Maple Leafs return home on Tuesday night, a game we'll have right here on Sportsnet 590. The fan to host the Winnipeg Jets in game one of a three-game set. For now, we're going to hear from the head coach, Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon, the uh, third period started out okay, but what did you see from your vantage point? As, uh, you know, I guess the Canucks got the power play going. Things unfolded from there. Yeah, I thought we had an excellent start to the third period. Our second period was not very good at all. And then uh, started off the third period really well, uh, all the things that we wanted to do uh, with the lead. And I thought we gave ourselves a few chances even to extend the lead and uh, couldn't get it to go in. You know, and then, I mean, we shoot the puck over the glass and uh, give them a free power play. And then we just don't get the kill. Obviously, we didn't get any kills against Vancouver here in these two games. And, it's a, it's a huge part of the game, um, but it's a tie game when, you know, we're on the road end of a long road trip and a chance to to certainly, you know, either win the game or ensure we get uh, get point, uh, get a point out of it. And then, you know, we, we get back to the things that were a problem for us in the second period. We force a play on the entry, turn it over, and we stop playing on, on defending it. And that's, 
that's the uh, that's the game. I mean, uh, when you only score two goals, the games are they're fragile, and you have to take care of them. And uh, you know, we we didn't do that uh, very well here. So you know, more lessons for us here. Next up, we'll go to Kevin McGrand, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, Sheldon, uh, what do you make of, of this particular road trip? Some incredible highs in sweeping Edmonton and keeping their big names uh, shut down. And then you get swept yourself by Vancouver and your own big names get shut down. What do you what do you make of that going forward, say, lessons you take into your homestand against Winnipeg? Well, I just, I mean, two completely different series. Two, the games are completely different. Style of play is different. Um, you know, and... Uh, I mean, like I said, I think the lessons we take away from it are, you know, especially tonight's game, you know, we, we have enough offense to win the game or at least be in control at 2-1 in the third period. We have an excellent start. Everything's going the way we want it to. Uh, and as I said, we take a, a penalty that we can't take. Um, can't just give them a freebie like that. But then you got to get a kill. I mean, we, we've got to get a kill. We got to get a block, block shot, and you know, these are the kind of things that make a big difference. And you know, we, we really didn't we didn't really approach this. Uh, we didn't go through that in the Edmonton series. You know, we were in full control. We built big leads for the most part, um, and uh, it's different type of games. These are really close, very fragile games, and you got to be good every single shift on every puck. Vancouver's plays four lines they play extremely hard and very competitive don't give you anything for free uh and uh you know we just we weren't good enough uh, in the details of our game and staying with it all the way through so it just goes to show that first of all anybody in in our division uh can beat you on any given night and we've got to be good all the time and we've got to stay with a process that works for us go off script and uh get the results you get here i'd say pretty much a, a fair analysis there from sheldon keith gord as uh, we roll to the uh, out of town scoreboard anything really uh, come to mind today i know we had a couple matinee affairs i know david perron's been on fire and uh what's happening with the new jersey devils right now they lost six three to the new york rangers you're su- suddenly surging without our timmy panarin eh yeah and, and mika zibanejad taking a lesser role because he's just not 100 percent. but the but nick yeah. The New Jersey Devils are cheering the Buffalo Sabres because they're masking <laughs> that they are sucking. They're playing terrible. The Devils are not le- much less worse than the Buffalo Sabres. They've been on a terrible run, and you know they're very close to the Sabres in the standings. So yeah, I don't know. They they I I kind of you know was curious what they and the Sabres were going to do this year, and neither's doing very much. Yeah, it's uh, gotten pretty ugly. You're right uh, in Buffalo, five two loss to the New York Islanders. Same two teams tomorrow again. Uh, Pittsburgh Gord quietly has won eight of twelve uh, under the new regime. They win four three against the Philadelphia Flyers. Are you believing in this Pittsburgh team? Well, you know, just uh, give them a good comeback because they won. They were up three nothing the other day, and then they lost yeah. at four three. So uh, you know, I think what I'm believing in Nick is it's it's more important. Uh, you make a statement like that after you lost the game against a rival like Philadelphia. So I, I that showed a lot what they did tonight. And another one is Arizona, Minnesota, probably battling for that fourth and final playoff spot in the division. Minnesota had a two nothing lead, and Arizona wins five two. So that that's that's a big one for uh, for Arizona tonight. 
You're right. And talking about statements as well, Noel Achari, his third career hat-trick, he has 41 career goals. So if he scores, it comes in hat-tricks, a 6-2 win for Florida in Nashville. The Pred season's pretty much done, in my opinion. And uh, again, the Montreal Canadiens beating down on the Winnipeg Jets 7-1. And we bring that up because coming up on Tuesday night for Leafs Nation, pregame starting at 6.30, we set up a three-game set, Gord, between the Maple Leafs and the Winnipeg Jets in Toronto. Yeah, and I still think that'll this will be the division final playoffs, or it should be. They're the two best teams. So you've got uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, yeah, how are they going to bounce back? And, and the Leafs as well. I mean, the Leafs are not hurting like Winnipeg would after this loss tonight. But uh, look, and you know, the other part I take out of his chatting with Luke Fox, wouldn't you love to have that job that you decide how much you're supposed to sleep? And I, I know there's I know. a science to it. I know there's a science, but wouldn't that be a great job? You're the one that dishes it. Nick Alberga. You know, you and I, we, we never get the sleep anyway, but but whatever. It's just the sleep science guy that prescribes the amount of sleep. How do you get that job? You're right. And also, it's funny that it seems like a long, long time ago, that game against Winnipeg, Toronto 1-3-1, where it seemed like every jet was out of the lineup, eh? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so uh, they, they got to, you know, you're right. We talked about that after that. They got a whack of games against them. So this is the team we're going to see a whole lot of. And let's see here. There's some, a lot of exciting players on Winnipeg, a lot of exciting players on Toronto. All right, Gordo. We'll talk on Tuesday night. Take care. Sounds good, Nick. There you have it. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. Many thanks to Luke Fox, Sam McKee, and Tom Young for their great help tonight. The Maple Leafs fall 4-2 to the Vancouver Canucks. Take care.